0: Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. Well, good morning. Today is January. We are on day 17 of our reading. We have now finished the book of Genesis and have moved on to Mark. One of the things I enjoy about this reading plan that we're doing is you're able to get through books of the Bible a little more quickly because you're just reading straight through them. And so we were able to get through Genesis in just a couple of more than two weeks. Now we get to switch to the New Testament, which I like also that we're going back and forth between old and new, but able to read through books of the Bible pretty quickly. So today is Mark 1, 2, and 3, and Psalm 17. So five observations from our reading in Mark today. Jesus begins his public ministry at his baptism and then enters into 40 days of being tested we'll come back and talk a little bit in a few minutes about the temptations in the wilderness there Uh, but but this is how mark presents uh, the the beginning of his gospel with Jesus his, his baptism and then his temptation second Jesus came preaching calling people to repent and believe the Gospel. Mark's going to point out a couple of times that Jesus came preaching this is what he did this is who he was and he was one who was calling people to repent to turn away from their sin and this really sets up from the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark part of why the religious people did not like Jesus that they wanted someone that was Messiah to come as a conquering king from the very beginning they wanted someone to come and lead them and usher them into political freedom and, and military freedom, um, economic prosperity. Uh, they 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 wanted all of the, the perks of the kingdom, but they did not want a, a messiah talking about sin and sacrifice. And when Jesus came preaching, he was calling people to repent. And for those who would hear the gospel and those who would believe the gospel. It is the sweetest invitation ever. Uh, But for those who are filled with pride and self-sufficiency, the call to repent is a reminder that we cannot save ourselves. And so when Jesus came preaching and calling people to repent, most reject him. Uh, Thirdly, Jesus forgives sin and people say he is a blasphemer. Uh, Here in the early Parts of Mark where we're confronted with this occasion where Jesus is able to heal sin and the people understood clearly that only God can forgive sin so when Jesus says your sins are forgiven they understood clearly that Jesus was claiming to be God um, anyone today who says that Jesus never claimed to be God um, just simply is not giving an honest reading of the biblical text. The people in Jesus' day, they got it. They knew. They understood. Most did not believe, and, and primarily because of what we just talked about. But they understood that Jesus clearly was claiming to be God, and so he can heal the human body, and he does. He he, he um, will perform a number of miracles, acts of mercy. As he shows compassion on people but the primary reason for those miracles was to give evidence that he is who he says he is that he is the very living eternal Son of God fourth the Pharisees reacted Jesus healing ministry by seeking to destroy him it's really interesting language that we're confronted with here in the very very early part of Mark's gospel Uh, the religious leaders Have heard what Jesus has said. They have witnessed his preaching and his miracles. They've seen his authority. He teaches and speaks as one with such a unique and clear authority. They can't can't deny what he can do. And so they seek to destroy him. Rather than have humble hearts and accept Him rather than confessing their sin and repenting and believe in Him, they seek to not merely discredit Him, they they set their goal to destroy Him. A fifth observation, Jesus' own siblings were not believing in Him. It's really a fascinating reality that uh, Jesus' own siblings do not believe in who jesus is Um, in chapter 3 verse 21 it says when his family heard it they went out to seize him for they were saying he is out of his mind his own siblings didn't believe him they thought he was out of his mind they go to To take him by force that the wording used there actually is is to arrest him his his siblings went to arrest him to to take him by force away from the work he was doing because they thought he was he was embarrassing himself they thought he was embarrassing them and they wanted to um, get him away from his claims of saying who he was which leads us to five applications today first I'm thinking here of the temptation of Jesus, Mark records for us. Jesus stood where everyone else fell into sin. When, when we talk about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, and we, I'm, I'm going to fight the, temp, the the urge to, to go through all the detail of that, but um, it's often said, and rightly so, that there are things we can learn uh, about how Jesus... Fought temptation that we can emulate that's true Um, Jesus prayed and we should pray Jesus um, quoted scripture and we should rely on scripture Uh, Jesus had the Word of God in his heart and we should have the Word of God in our heart Jesus is paying careful attention to um, interact with the scripture he's relying on and quoting and and resting in to to interpret it and apply it in its context and we should do the same thing. So that's absolutely true. There are things that we learn from the temptation of Jesus of how we ourselves can fight temptation. Having said that, the primary, the primary application of the temptation of Jesus is that he did what we cannot, namely endure temptation to the full without sin. Yes. As believers, greater is he that is in us than is in the world. Yes, 1 um, Corinthians says, with every temptation, God has provided the way of escape. So yes, as believers, there are certainly things we can learn from how Jesus handled temptation, and we can apply that. But the primary thing to learn and, and, and to apply from the temptation of Jesus is that Adam and Eve were tempted, and they sinned. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were tempted, and they sinned. David was tempted, and he sinned. The apostles were tempted, and they sinned. You and I were tempted, and we sinned. The Jewish people were tempted, and they sinned. Gentiles were tempted, and they sinned. Jesus, in his temptation, stands where everybody else falls, which means he is uniquely qualified to be our perfect substitute on the cross, tempted and tried just as we were, yet without sin. That's the primary takeaway from the temptation of Jesus, that he is enduring temptation but doing so without sin. Secondly, when Jesus calls to us in his word, we should obey him immediately. Uh, If you're not familiar with the Gospel of Mark, that's already jumped out to you from today's reading. it's the word that, that Mark always seems to want to rely on. Immediately this happened, and immediately this happened, and immediately this happened. And, and we see in the disciples and the apostles, when they're called, they immediately drop their nets and, and follow. Uh, we want to obey the Lord and obey Him immediately. True obedience is full, and it is It's is immediate. Uh, The old saying is true that delayed obedience is disobedience, so we want to obey God and do so immediately. Third, we are to build relationships with unbelievers, not so we can blend in with them, but so we can call them to repent. Much is often made about Jesus that he spent time with sinners and that he would share a meal with with the outcast, And, and, and he does. But so many times today, it seems people want to try to use that as an excuse or a license to be worldly, as a license to be um, acting in a way that is ungodly and unholy. Understand, when Jesus is with these sinners, uh, he is absolutely spending time with the broken, with the sinful, with the outcast. Yes, but he's calling them to repent. He's not trying to blend in with them. He's not doing it so he can be accepted by the world or so he can be regarded as having some trendy, cool kind of character. It is all about sharing the truth with them and calling them to repent. As Christians, we should have relationships with people who are not believers. As Christians, we we don't want to just insulate ourselves and just live in a bubble and, and live in a spiritual bunker where the only people we ever talk to are people who are other believers, we should be in the culture we should seek to build relationships with people in our schools and in our neighborhoods and in the gym and people in our in our offices, um, people that we that we know and see in different places that don't know Christ. we should seek to have relationships with them. we should converse with them, but not for the purpose of blending in with them, for the purpose of having a a, a relationship there, a foundation that they know us and can watch our lives and see uh, the difference grace has made in our life and that we can be clear in sharing the gospel with them and calling them to repent just as Christ did. A fourth application is that the resurrection of Jesus changed everything. Mark tells us that his siblings didn't believe in him, but another gospel writer tells us that they didn't believe in him until after the resurrection. After the resurrection, everything changed. The truthfulness of Jesus dying and being laid in the tomb and being raised back to life on the third day, that changed everything. And that's true for us today. Uh, It is the empty tomb today that has changed everything for us. We know about his death, we know about his sacrifice, we know about his sin payment on the cross. But the truth is, if, if he did all of that and stayed in the grave, then that would mean for us that he was a nice, benevolent man, but not the Son of God. It's the fact that he was raised from the grave that proves who he was, that proves that the sacrifice was truly accepted by God the Father as the perfect and complete once for all payment for our sin and the resurrection changes everything it does for us and it did even for his siblings and then fifthly our spiritual family is our eternal family and we bear the family resemblance of doing the will of God chapter 3 verse 35 it says for whoever does the will of God he is my brother and sister and mother." Those who are a part of our spiritual family, that is our eternal family. And just like families have family characteristics, this family is all tall, or, or this family are all good musicians, or this family all has a, a similar uh, look to them, um, in the spiritual family, our family resemblance is that we do the will of God. This is Jesus' words himself, whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And so let it be said of us that people know that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ because we do his will. There are things that we should believe, there are things that we should say. And all that is expressed by what we do. Obviously, no one goes to heaven based on their works. But those of us who have been saved by grace through faith absolutely should bear the family resemblance that is known as doing the will of God. We should reflect the one that we worship. And so we should do the will of God and we do it fully. We obey him publicly. We obey him Immediately, and we obey Him joyfully. That is the family resemblance of those who are in Christ Jesus. And then finally, a summary from Psalm 17. The safest way to walk is obeying the path laid out by God's Word. The psalmist said, My steps have held to your paths, Psalm 17, 5. The safest way to walk, the safest way to live is to walk directly down that path that the Lord has laid out for us in His Word. May be challenging, may be costly, may demand sacrifice, but always the best place to be is right in the middle of the will of God and to do what He has called us to do. Hope you enjoy reading through Mark for these next few days. You'll be blessed as you see the life and ministry and the preaching and the conversations of Jesus and very shortly we will be at the events of the cross as we consider His sacrifice as He pays for our sin once and for all. Uh, Enjoy the reading today and be blessed.